Hello and welcome to the I Create Daily Podcast. I'm Leora Alderson. And I'm Devani Alderson. We are the mother-daughter co-founders of the I Create Daily brand. We are passionate about encouraging positivity, creativity, and productivity while bringing you information and resources that support your creative aspirations. I Create Daily is for creators in every genre of creating, from musicians to writers, crafters to inventors, bloggers to entrepreneurs. So if you're into creating anything, this podcast has something for you. So tell us, what would support you most in your journey? You can reach us at creators at iCreateDaily.com. Thank Thank you you for for joining joining us us on this journey. Hello and welcome to the I Create Daily Podcast, a movement for creators serious about their work. I'm Leora. And I'm Devani. And our guest today is one of our favorite artists and someone we've been following for several years now, Ava Nikunen, who we've also interviewed once before on the podcast. And Ava is an artist and illustrator born and living in the south of Finland. And much of her work is inspired by the stories and imagery of Finnish and Russian folktales, as well as the timeless heroes and heroines found in classic literature. With an emphasis on detail and the use of intricate brushwork, Eva's oil paintings are reminiscent of classic fairy tale illustrations where human and animal creatures alike possess a magical and dreamlike quality. Eva completed her Bachelor of Arts degree with an emphasis on design studies in the at the Institute of Design in Vanta Finland and her art and design of of art art and design design in Vanta Finland. Her work has been exhibited at art festivals and conventions around Finland and at the Haven Gallery in New York City. And Ava's work has also appeared in publications such as the Imagine FX magazine. And you can scroll through her incredible artwork on her website. It's avanikunen.com. That's E-E-V-A-N-I-K-U-N-E-N.com. And Ava is also the author of two fabulous publications, Enchanted Valley, a creative journal, and Elven Kingdom, an adult coloring book. So welcome, Ava. Thanks for having me. Thanks for the lovely introduction. <laughs> You're welcome. So good to have you back and catch up. It's been way too long since we've had a chance to hear all that you're up to. We know that we kind of lost our regular communications back when you were working so hard on your creativity journal while also keeping up, which is just exquisite, Mm -hmm. um, while also keeping up with your, you know, commission clients and your other regular work and your community and posting and sharing and videos and all of that. So (laughs) the catch is, and also you've been to New York City for a, an exhibition at the Haven Gallery, art gallery. So wherever you would like to start over what you've been doing the last approximately year, um, just start with sharing what you've been up to and how that's going. Yeah, it's been kind of like a whirlwind for the past year. Um, about a year ago, I published uh, the first creative creativity journal that I, I worked on, on it for about, I think over six months, I did illustra- illustrations for the book and that took most of the, the first part of last year. And um, then I had a lot of things to do with, uh, with just promoting the book and uh, doing a, like a pre-order campaign on my website so people could order the book and, um, and everything that goes with printing and also uh, 
when people had ordered the book, then I had to uh, send it to everyone. So shipping and everything takes a lot of time when you're doing everything just by yourself. <laughs> so, um, but it was a great experience. Um, uh, it was my first time doing uh, a, a book in that scale. I had done uh, a coloring book about maybe three, four, three or four years ago. And um, that was my first experiment with doing like crowdfunding. And uh, last year, the Creativity Journal was my like second big uh, project like that, like a product, a, like an actual book that I did. So, um, and almost right after <clears throat> that, I, um, I got contacted by a gallery in New York that was the Haven Gallery. And they asked me to take part in a group show because they do like uh, themed group shows mm. at the gallery. And it was a, uh, a show based on like, um, uh, like royalty, like in history, like, like women in royalty. Mm. Uh, or they, uh, I could also do like a mythical queen or something like, like from mythology. So, uh, so I took part in that exhibition. That was in, I think it was in um, August, August or September last year. And, and after the group show, uh, the, the gallery actually contacted me, contacted me again to ask if I wanted to do a solo show. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So um, that kind of, um, so that was an amazing opportunity. So I, I took it, although I had only about like four months to work on on the on the exhibition, which was kind of crazy because uh, the opening was on uh, 20, 26th of uh, January this year. So, wow, uh, yeah, yeah, and uh, so during a busy season, anyway, with the holidays and all, but at least yeah. it was a time where it was the long, long nights in Finland. So you had lots of uh, lots of time to be <laughs> yeah. in working. It's not like you were missing it in summer, you know, working on right. Working yeah. You know, inside. Yeah. So, so when it was the group exhibit, did you ship your work and you stayed in Finland? And then when it was your solo show, you you traveled to New York. Is that how that worked? Yeah. So um, for the group show, I just because everyone just um, it's about like I think like 20, 20 artists or something. Everyone does one painting for the show, and okay. and that's the group show. Yeah. So I just uh, shipped one painting and. Um, and then I just, it wouldn't really make sense to, to travel all the way to New York to, right. just for one page, although it would be a lot of fun. Yeah, right. <laughs> you, know, you have to think about the, the plane to get prices and everything. So, uh, but when I had the, the solo show, uh, I think it made sense for me to, because it was more for me um, about like meeting all the people and yeah. kind of going there to experience the thing because it was like, such an awesome opportunity to have a solo show and especially like in New York. So it was just like, well, I have to go. So, yeah. and I think that was the, the right decision because the best thing I think that I took from the whole experience was just meeting a lot of new people and also got to meet some people that I only knew through the internet. So yes. just like, being friends for many years through the through internet and then just meeting them in person finally so that was a lot of fun 
Nice. That's awesome. How many paintings did you do for the solo show? And how many were like already painted in your collection versus how many you had to prepare in like that four month window? Well, that's the thing because you have to do, uh, it's all new work. So you can't like have um, paintings that you've done previously. So it has to be all new work. And uh, I did 13 paintings in total. Oh, wow. wow. And, and your paintings are not like a walk in the park, like sit for two hours and yeah. bam, you're done. Like intricate. Very intricate. <laughs> yeah, because I, I've been like, I was used to doing, because I work in oil. So I was used to like uh, doing, like working on one painting for like two, two months because that's like just how long it takes me to do a painting. Of course, I'm painting like uh, working on several paintings like simultaneously, but still um it was kind of crazy like the 13 paintings so but I but I just um I just knew that I had the deadline so I had to make it work somehow so well and you I, did and did you so what what have you discovered since relative to that intense schedule how has it af affected your productivity now uh well I definitely I I think I got a bit faster um, towards the end of the of the deadline because like the deadline was coming and I, <laughs> I knew that I just had to have the had to have the painting so uh, because um, usually for a solo show um, well for for this gallery I don't know about other galleries but it was twelve to fifteen paintings was the was the number that you should have so you can fill the room so. Um, yeah, I just I had that number in my head like the whole time I was working and uh, just trying to make it work. <laughs> and in the end, I just uh, I had to make some compromises like I had planned some paintings, but I just knew that I, I wouldn't be able to finish them in time. So I just uh, had to maybe do a bit like smaller scale paintings. So just to just to have the number. Yeah. That yeah. Makes sense. Uh, so did you have a theme? For that show uh yeah it was kind of like it was kind of like a loose theme it was more of like a like an enchanted forest type thing there was like some kind of um like magical human creatures and a lot of i did a lot of animals and birds and stuff so nice so you did yeah. this in four months because you take opportunities you know that are just great for your art how how long would you have liked to have to do all of that? Uh, well, the ideal thing, I, th I think about maybe at least half a year, like six months. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah. Four. That's pretty incredible. Yeah. Because that yeah. includes, you had to get it on, finish the art and then also get them framed, right? Which that yes. takes <laughs> And then you had so, to tip it. Yeah, right? that was like, yeah, I was... Um, there were some moments of <laughs> despair, like just a few weeks before the, before the opening, be just because of the shipping. So I think um, like uh, next time, if I get a chance to do it next time, it's um, uh, have at least like a month to figure out shipping because especially if you're shipping international. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, because I had, um, um, I was working with, um, 
uh, UPS to, to ship all my paintings. So I live in Finland. So all the way from, from Europe to New York, I had to ship 13 paintings. And, um, uh, and I only had like two weeks to figure out the whole thing. <laughs> Yes, because I had to frame like, especially with oil paintings, you also have to think about like the drying time and everything. So you can't just finish something and then it's like, it's not going to be dry the next day to take right. it to the framers and stuff. So that always like complicates things a bit. But um, yeah, I had like the, the first first paintings that I shipped through UPS, they got stuck for like in Finnish customs because <laughs> I, um, it, it was actually not my fault because I got like um, wrong information from the UPS um, customer service about how to fill in because I have to do all the customs forms and everything. So yeah, it was a nightmare because, and then I, um, I tried calling them and of course uh, they don't have any local customer service. So I was in the phone with some people somewhere <laughs> like, um, so um yeah, it was just, it was a nightmare, to be honest. <laughs> I can, uh, I can imagine, and you had yeah. to handle that all by yourself. How did it resolve? Um, were you, did they find, did you finally get through to some people who could help you? Yeah, because it was, uh, was the first, first shipment that I did, which, which went wrong with, because I, I did the, the customs forms uh, incorrectly. So I first was, uh, and it was, uh, it was the first wor worst thing because it was the weekend. It was like Friday mm. and I knew like I got um, in contact with um, like the, the international customer service, just trying to explain like, like where am I, like where's the package? Like <laughs> how can I get it back or like what's going to happen? And uh, they couldn't really help me because they were like somewhere else so I don't know if they even knew like where Finland is <laughs> so um, yeah it was kind of terrible so I was waiting until Monday to hear from anyone so then um, finally like on Monday I think it was uh, someone called from from uh, the local customs like place here in Finland it was like someone who actually worked at the warehouse where the box was like in some Oh, like container cool. somewhere. Yeah. Somebody so, who knows Finland is here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like um, because I was uh, able to talk with her and she was like, "What this like? What does the box looks like? Look like? And where is it? Like, <laughs> I can go and find it." And yeah, and she found it. Thank God. And like after that, um, like with the next boxes, I was able to do everything correctly because now I had the right information. But just yeah. like knowing that everything like that can happen so oh yeah. yeah especially if you're doing it for for the first time like two weeks it's it's not enough to figure out shipping so at least four weeks so yeah. that's what i'm gonna do next month yeah wow that makes yeah. sense and, and and of course it'll be smoother because you know the first time around anything is harder and mm -hmm. you can apply mm -hmm. what you've learned um, and, you know, gosh, it just costs hundreds of dollars to ship, mm -hmm. it costs hundreds, yeah. probably thousands to frame those paintings. So you had an awful lot of out-of-pocket investment, you know. In a very pressured four-month In a very time pressured, frame. yeah. <laughs> uh, and, I mean, would it, I think I would have been tempted to think that there, surely I have something I've already created that the world hasn't seen yet, and I would use that. 
Yeah. <laughs> but you know, did yeah. you consider that? Would that would that be fair? As because if it's if it's not something you did within the four months, but it's something basically you haven't shared publicly, would that suffice? Uh, yeah, I think that could work. If if you have some work that you've been working on but haven't really shared with anyone, because I think with galleries, it's like um, because they have their own uh, collector base, and um, with my experience with working with this gallery, it's kind of like um, uh, they want their collectors to have the first opportunity right. to look at the art. Makes sense. So yeah, so that's why you can't really share. You can share like work in progress or sketches or stuff like that, but I couldn't share any finished work before, only after the opening night. So, okay. so everyone because. Most of the sales are like pre-sales before even the, the, the art is in the gallery. So. Wow. Oh, wow. So speaking of that, so did you, um, how, how many of the 13 did you sell? I sold, uh, so I think I had three or four that are not sold. So most of them sold, which is good. Oh, yes. Yeah. And did you leave the ones that didn't sell? Did you ship them back home, or did you leave them with the gallery? Um, oh, the, the gallery is gonna keep them uh, for six months nice. because they they have other space uh, because it's like uh, this gallery they have like uh, they have the ground floor and then the the upper floor and on the upper upper floor they have like more exhibitions and uh, art from previous exhibitions that people can still see and and buy if they want so. They're going to keep it for six months, and if it doesn't sell, they just ship it back to me. So this gallery, the, the Haven Gallery in New York City, they contacted you for showing your work. And have you, like, reached out to any other galleries, whether it's U.S. or in Finland, for showings? And how does that kind of work? Like, how would other artists go about getting their work exhibited in galleries? Do you have any advice around that? Um... Well, I think if, if you want to exhibit in galleries, I think the most important thing is to look, look at the gallery, like what kind of art do they sell and display at the, at the gallery? Because they're like, especially like in, in the US because like you have so much stuff over there. So you have many different kinds of galleries. Some sell like abstract art or and in, in this case, the, the Haven Gallery, it's more like the imaginative, kind of like surreal, surreal fantasy stuff. So that was kind of like perfect for my work because that's kind of like what, what I do. Mm -hmm. So if you see a gallery that you think that your work might fit into, I think you can just email them and send them maybe a link to your online portfolio. And I'm sure that they'll at least look at it and maybe save it for later, even if they don't have space, like maybe at the moment. So, so and based on your experience, even though it was international shipping is a lot harder, it makes sense. And we have a number of artists who do this for the artists to start locally mm -hmm. with all the local area galleries first, I would think, mm -hmm. as well as art stores. Um, yeah. And like, you know, the kind, like we have a craftsman um, fa um, guild 
in our uh, city and that represents the region. And they have a beautiful store downtown that has all kinds of mm. arts, you know, from blown glass to pottery to paintings and all of that. Um, so that would be another place and another avenue for people to potentially get their work sold if they have anything like that locally first. And then from yeah. there, spread out to the next closest, because if it's within driving distance, you can always drive it. You know, you can <laughs> load yeah. it up and take it yourself even. Hopefully then you meet the people there. So, um, yeah, but that's a good idea. Like we have Linda Suzanne Wright um, and Lynn Hunley um, and who else um, exhibits in um, galleries right now, as well as in, well, Joanna White mm -hmm. um, has her silk paintings um, in Craftsman's yeah. Guild. So yeah, and a lot of that is within the region. So yeah, you definitely took on a lot. Congratulations for that huge accomplishment. Right off the bat <laughs> of launching your creativity journal because yeah, it was like right journal after. right so let's do this <laughs> other map right. because both That's were right. massive projects yeah. i think i think no you rest said, for you yeah <laughs> i think you did uh like 50 new pieces for the journal right something like uh, yeah the journal yeah it has like over 50 drawings that i did <laughs> so yes. it has a lot of drawings and people need to to get your journal and at the very least look at it online because so uh, the thing about yeah and actually have some exciting news about the journal um <laughs> uh, it's actually at the moment like right now it's actually sold out because i haven't ordered uh more of it so but i'm actually working with a with a, a publisher in um in the u.s yeah. that wants to publish the ah, journal hey that's fantastic Ooh, that's amazing so, yeah, so like in the future, like especially for like U.S. customers and most of my orders come from the U.S. anyway. So it is great because then they don't have to worry about because the shipping is always like expensive. the shipping costs a lot of money. So uh, in the future, uh, the, the book will be uh, available in the U.S. So oh, that'll be amazing. We'll have yeah. to post posted on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, more, yeah, more info it. coming soon. Yeah, we'll definitely update that and with the, mm -hmm. the Amazon link as well when it once they because I presume they'll be selling it on Amazon and every where where books are sold, hopefully even like the Barnes yeah. and Noble bookstore. That'd be amazing yeah. to walk into a local Barnes and Noble and see one of your books and be like, Oh, yeah. I know her. That's amazing. Oh yeah, that would be amazing. Yeah. So which shot can you reveal the publisher? Is it too soon? Uh well maybe do that later because I haven't like we don't have any signed no contract yet. It's kind of like it's done, but it's still kind of like uh, how how are we gonna do the the promoting and everything? So maybe I'll just post it later. Sounds good. Well, and then you can share like anything you want to share now, and then again later um, on your experience. Like, did you contact the publisher? Did they contact you? Uh, yeah, actually, it's a it's a person I met in, in the U.S. So I met this person, um, and uh, yeah, well, I can just. Um, no, yeah, don't, it's okay, yeah. it's okay, I don't want to jeopardize yeah. anything, you can tell us later, I just wanted, like, yeah. if anyone's interested, uh, in general, again, it was about relationships, someone yeah. you met yeah. by putting yourself and your work out there, um, so speaking of that, um, and before we move on from the Haven um, Gallery experience, did you acquire any commission clients, or did that lead to any additional work for you? Uh, yeah, actually, after the show, I got some more people contact contacting me about like personal commission painting and stuff so it leads to those those things as well and um 
uh, one of the good things was that I got a lot of uh, a lot more like social media presence with the show because the the gallery has a big Instagram account. So when they were like sharing my work, I got a lot of new people following my my Instagram as well. So that was also nice. Yeah, very nice. Well, so we we're that's wonderful hearing all about that and if you could share any other things that you're doing or planning this year like you're going to any other conferences or um conventions conventions yeah uh yeah i have a few conventions i'm actually um there are like two two conventions that are worth doing like locally here where i live so i'm doing those that those are in uh july and september and um it's not confirmed yet, but I'm trying uh, in uh, August, there is a big, it's actually, actually an, um, a US convention called World, Worldcon, which is in Dublin this year in Ireland. Oh, nice. Royal so, Worldcon. World, no. Worldcon. It's actually, it's like, uh, I think the longest running sci-fi and fantasy convention ever. Like it's been running like for 70 years or something. Whoa. So yeah, and the, it's usually in the U.S., but um, sometimes they have it like in different countries as well. So this year it's in Dublin. Nice. So, so I'm trying to yeah, they have a big art show, so I'm hoping to be a part of that. But that's not confirmed yet because I don't have any plane tickets yet or anything. So okay. we'll see. <laughs> okay. When yeah. it, and when is that? Uh, that's in August. Okay. August. Um, something like. 14th, 15th of August, somewhere yeah. around there. Yeah. So remind us how long you've been doing full-time, um, being a full-time artist now on your own. On uh, this fall, it will be five years. Okay, nice. so I was thinking five years. Mm -hmm. So in that, and we talked just a little bit before we started recording, um, and that is that it almost always, everything that we're trying to do basically takes longer than we hoped or imagined it might mm -hmm. take, you know, to get to, especially when you're solo entrepreneur, solo artist, artist entrepreneur, uh, doing everything, as you said. Now, the benefit of doing everything is that you learn the process so that when you're able and ready to pass it on to assistants, and whether it's freelancers or employees, anything that you can, you know what's involved um, and you can guide them appropriately. You have a chance to create the systems or how it is like, like shipping, you know, internationally, for instance, to create and to know and pass that along. The other advantages I would think for, you know, for those of us who sit and work all the time, you know, just by nature of our work for us, it's writing for you, it's drawing, painting. Um, you know, it's nice. The nice thing about having to wear the many different hats is at least it has, has us getting up and doing yeah. other things sometimes, you know, from, yeah. I know some of it's still at the computer, like in social media, but at least it's a different kind of thing. It engages a different part of the brain and it keeps us active, you know, on different fronts. But all the things, so of all the things you've done for your business growth over the past five years, um, what things do, are you, could you recommend to other artists or at least that, that you have found to be the most productive for you in growing your business? as well as your revenue? Um, well, I think the most important thing that I've learned from, <laughs> from doing this for five years is that, um, like, at, at least for me, like, you kind of, like, 
you kind of know what you want to do, but you kind of end up doing a lot of different things before you figure out what it is that you actually need to focus on. And I'm kind of like, I don't even feel that I'm there yet. So I'm just kind of, I have an idea of like what my art is about, but it's like something that I think about all the time and try to kind of like, I guess I, I look at like the most um, successful artists that I see online. Most of them are like, uh, they're, it's like very specific what they're doing for a very like, specific audience. So that's kind of something that I'm working on. I think that's kind of like the, the branding side also. It's about the art, but it's also about the, the branding, kind of figuring out, like trying to make it as um, like understandable for people who see it, you know? Like when you see it online, you kind of instantly uh, understand what it's about. That's kind of the thing that I think about all the time. Mm. So that makes sense and 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 yet in particular i think for artists i would think that that could be challenging for many artists um because almost like by by nature of being an artist we have many i have interests in many things mm -hmm. and not yeah. just one thing in one category but what you're sh sharing is very important for growing the business at the inception stage and, and you know establishment phase of growing a business so that makes sense because um it's like you are beginning to sort of stake your claim of this is who i am this is what i represent and it doesn't mean this that my brand. And, and in fact from there so many would recommend that from there is where you branch out so once mm -hmm. you're established and recognized and you've grown your audience around the thing and i would think one of the ways to look at that let's say in the beginning you're not sure um like you have done you do the some of the sort of the elf elven kind of characters but then you also do the victorian sometimes you blend them and then you also have a magical fantasy worlds and creatures you do a fantastic job with animals mm, as so well as terrain owls. um yeah so you create worlds and yeah there's so many beautiful things that you do but i would think that in even in the beginning if you feel like it's not uniform enough that the advantage is that it helps you see what things people respond most to mm -hmm. because you know in order to establish yourself in your career if, if of all the things that you're doing i mean obviously you're doing them because you enjoy those things mm -hmm. and while you may not want to do only animals for instance or only elves for instance um then or only victorian ladies if you find that those sell most um then it would make sense to go with that until you've created the freedom for yourself to branch into more avenues from that is that has that been have you so along those lines since you have put different things out there have you identified any area of your work that seems to be the most popular like the things that sold at the haven uh, gallery for instance um yeah definitely the the animals like especially if people want to buy like original paintings i think animals sell quite well like um those have been good but i haven't really seen a difference between like the the human characters i paint because those sold quite well at the at the gallery as well mm -hmm. so i think i'm comfortable with doing both and i think that they're kind of like from the same world like even like the the animals i paint i try to have them be like a little bit like like uh, magical creatures as well so yeah yeah, I think they're all from the same world. Um, uh, yeah, what I have planned for for this year is actually um, 
uh, I want to do another coloring book. Mm. And I'm actually looking at, because I'm just, <laughs> I'm so busy at the moment because I have like commissions that I, I'm a bit like, um, I'm even a bit late with some commissions because I, had, I just, um, I just had too much work like with the, with the gallery show and everything. So I'm just trying to <laughs> catch up with everything. But what I'm looking at right now is um, uh, doing just like digital uh, coloring books that people can download. Nice. Before yeah. Cause those seem to be quite um, popular. I have, a, I started a Patreon last year, so it's been like steadily growing slowly, but actually what I'm doing there is also I'm doing like custom coloring pages for for people on my Patreon and that's been quite popular and I like I like doing the drawings so and people can kind of vote for their favorite theme for the month and stuff like that so that's something that I'm trying also and uh, my goal is to have more um, more like digital coloring books that people can download from my website or Etsy or someplace so that's kind of like a uh, like a side project that I have at the moment to, to have, have, have those up. Hopefully first one this summer, but we'll see. Yeah. That's perfect. I, yeah. I love that because that would, uh, several reasons. One is the coloring book doesn't require as much work from you because you don't have to also add the color yourself, except to maybe the cover um, as examples. And then the other is that you gives you a chance to see which is most popular before you decide which one to print. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true as well. Yeah. And then also I don't have to ship anything. <laughs> if it's right, right, right. Yeah. 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 So you, you mentioned you started doing Patreon last, last year, right? Um, yeah. How is that going? Um, it, it's been, it's been good. I just actually, um, I just put it up, not like expecting anything just uh, because people were saying like, just have it up and like, it doesn't matter. Maybe you make like one dollar that's like one dollar more than <laughs> no dollars so <laughs> it's it's like um and it's been fun um um yeah just uh i think my my experience with that is just to if you want to start it start it and make but make it like uh so it's not like really hard work like it's not a lot of extra work so i'm what i've been doing is just uh, i've been posting more uh, more on my patreon like more works in progress or like secret sketchbook pages and stuff like that that i don't share anywhere else then i just share more of the finished work and stuff on social media so kind of like uh if people want to be a member on patreon they get like extra content mm -hmm. but especially if um if you have, if you have a small patreon don't make it too much work for yourself because that that can be pretty stressful with everything else that you're trying to build to like build a Patreon stuff. So just, I just have it there. And, uh, um, and yeah, I really like appreciate the people who are there. Like it's, it's like, it's amazing that someone's good. Like someone pays for it, <laughs> but it's a, uh, yeah, it's, it's, I think it's good if you want to do it, but just don't make it too hard on yourself because you have so much other stuff to do as well. So just, uh, um, try to figure out how to make it fun and fun for the people who are there because it's like a little community so it has to be like fun for everyone so right yeah that makes Definitely. sense would you recommend for artists um, to reach like a certain social following on one of their 
other social platforms before launching their Patreon. I know you, I think you have like 4,000, 5,000, I don't remember, but you have a lot, you, you're, you have a very um, steadily growing Instagram account and you started your Patreon when you had a pretty decent flow from your other social platforms. And so it's probably a better, yeah. a better idea to start it. Like after you can say, hey guys, on my Instagram, I'm going to post exclusive stuff here now. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, of course, if you have a huge social media following, you will have like more people on your Patreon. That's just the way it goes. But I think like I don't have a huge following. I have like 5,000 on my Instagram and, and um, it's been growing, growing, which is good. Like I'm hoping to, I think... Like the first like 10,000, I understand it's like the, the, the hardest to get the first 10,000. Like I've been following other artists, like when they hit that 10,000, it just starts growing from there. So <laughs> hopefully yeah. for me as well at some point. But uh, I, don't, I don't think you have to have a huge following. Just, um, just if, if you feel like starting it, just start it. But it's like, I, also my advice is that don't follow the, like the, because it, don't follow the, like the, the number count, like how many patrons you have, because especially if you get like, um, like if it hurts when you see like people unfollow you on the social media, <laughs> it's just, it hurts when people unfollow you on Patreon. So just what I'm doing, like I used to care more about that. I don't care about that so much anymore, like on social media. Like if people want to follow me, they follow me. If they don't, they don't have to. <laughs> Like, yeah. that, that's fine. Like, I, I don't mean that, but like, just, uh, I don't follow the, the number of people I have on Patreon. I just do it and just keep doing it. And it will like grow slowly. Like the same thing, like as your social media following grows, yeah. don't pay attention to the numbers, just do what you're doing and do the best you can. And people will enjoy it if you're doing good work. So, yeah, that makes a lot of yeah. sense. And we've talked with you as well about the concept of uh, as well as other creators in our community about the concept of, you know, spend more time focusing on building your own platform mm -hmm. rather than somebody else's. Yeah. Um, so yeah. build your own website, build your own social page followings. Um, but in particular, your website, because that is the one property essentially that, you know, that you have control. It, it's like the core of your presence online yeah. is your site. And then the rays out from that are all your own social pages. So your Instagram, your Facebook, uh, Twitter, if you have it, LinkedIn, if you have it, you know, and then from there, what radiates from those um, spheres would be things like the Patreon. I mean, uh, for some, Patreon is doing really well. For some artists, they may not want to create their own website if they don't already have it, but they might have a social following, in which case the Patreon might could become their website in a way, um, you know, away from uh, besides their own website that could become their home there. Um, so I think it just kind of depends on the person and what, el what other resources they have going for them already. Yeah, I think the most important thing is to have your own website. I heard some, somewhere I did like an online course on like art marketing i think they said that your own website is the most important place on the internet <laughs> yeah yeah. So. yeah we 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 certainly agree with that as you know yeah. number of websites and um you know and yes it takes time uh over time to grow those and to grow the following and that sort of thing but yeah it's a strong it's it's your core it is your home base um mm -hmm. definitely so 
moving on then of all so of all the things that you do um that you would recommend to a new artist um or someone aspiring to be full-time you still take commissions is that like one of your most lucrative monetization strategies right now is it your books is it um your prints because i know you have you have a story on Etsy, you have um, also postcards and cards and you do shows and you sell things there. So have you, I know that we artists don't tend to be that great with numbers. <laughs> not, not always, not always. I shouldn't categorize that as a stereotype, but some of us don't pay a lot of attention to the numbers. Some of us are okay being less number oriented, yeah. you know? <laughs> right. So, you know, just on average, uh, do you have a sense of which things that you have all the many things you do, which the top one, two or three things that produce the most revenue for you? Uh, yeah, I think uh, uh, I sell original work. So that's, that's a huge part. I, I sell the paintings and I also sell like drawings, drawings online and stuff. So that, that's a huge, huge part. And I also, of course, the income from the, from the book. And now that I have the, uh, the potential publisher for the book so income from that that's a huge thing and um, yeah just uh, I think it's important to have many different uh, revenue streams, like, revenue streams yeah. because you can never because I I actually never really in, intended to be like a like a gallery artist so that, that's like just something that kind of like happened that I started selling more original work so, but I want to, um, the, the part of my business that I want to grow is, is to do like more, more products because I really enjoy that part. I'm nice. like, uh, I enjoy the artist part, but I'm also like, I, I think of myself more as an, like an illustrator because I do like kind of like, like the imag imaginative fantasy stuff. So that's a lot of, a lot of that is also like illustration. So, but I would, I'm, I was never really interested in doing like book covers or anything like that. So what I'm passionate about is to do my own products, like, like the coloring books that I was talking about. And so that's, that's the place that I want to grow even more. Yeah. There you go. So that makes a lot of sense. And you've uh, arrived at that by experiencing that. And it makes uh, like you have graphic design training so it's such a perfect fit for you because you're able to create your own books from beginning mm -hmm. to end every step along the way except i mean the finished manuscript that you send off to or um, journal that whatever you that you send off to the pub, yeah. the printer everything mm -hmm. prior to that has been yours um, and your design and your you know putting it together and everything so and makes, you create it and unlike the prints it's you create a book that other people can experience too like themselves and so you've created a product once and you can just keep selling it and move on to the next product and keep selling it and and you've included sort of it's like you're the artist but then you've included the purchaser in the experience because now they can use it to color or to journal in or whatever so that's really awesome yeah yeah i think uh one of the hardest things to sell is actually prints uh print yeah prints sell very well at like uh, at conventions but online, I think it's very hard. I think um, the people who sell a lot, of, a lot of prints, they have like huge followings. So, or maybe, maybe now and then you might do a piece that's very popular and those prints sell really well, but the others that you have like don't really sell. So 
but I, I think that's, um, that's kind of nor normal with um, a lot of artists that like prints are very hard to sell actually online. It makes but sense. For, yeah, for some people it works really well, but like for me, it's not, it's not like a big thing that I do to sell prints. I, I sell prints really well when I'm like person to person at a convention, they just see all the prints on the table and they just decide what they want to buy. But on, online, I, I find it a bit difficult, but yeah, hopefully that will grow as well. So we'll I wonder see. if it's just because of the um, proliferation of like stock imagery and stuff that yeah. a lot of people can just download or whatever on the internet. Yeah, and they also have to have like a space on their wall. On their wall. Like most people prefer to buy original art if they want to put it on their wall. So they just don't, don't want the prints. They just want the or original. So that's a good point. What that's the thing. As Sorry. Yeah, that makes sense. So do you sell a lot of uh, cards and postcards? Um, th those are actually things that I sell at conventions, um, the postcards and stuff. At the moment, I'm not selling any postcards online, so, yeah. Did you, did you end up doing a deck of cards? Um, no, I haven't done. Uh, I was uh, a part of a project that was uh, like a color collaboration with other artists. We did uh, like a card deck, mm -hmm. and that was, that was actually a Kickstarter campaign that was last year. And uh the the deck it's almost done like we're just waiting for it to ship to everyone so but i haven't done like my own part deck or anything so when you do a collaborative project like that is that a profit share or is that just for exposure to your brand uh that was more of exposure because um yeah i'm part of a, like a artist collective and we did like this collar collaboration so we did a card deck and everyone did two cards. So that was just mostly like, a, there wasn't really any, like, even though the campaign did really well, but like so many artists, there's like not, not, not so much profit in it. So, right. But right. it's just really, really a lot of fun to have the, the finished deck with everyone's art. So yeah, That's definitely. Cool. Yeah. 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 And yeah, you can. So, so really those kinds of things are win-wins. We've talked about doing that and that's one of our future goals for I Create Daily is to be more of a resource like that for creators to collaborate and help them get their products out there. And we've talked about and wondered how a lot of those things work because as you know, doing everything as an artist entrepreneur, um, there's tremendous cost in the the uh, management, the creation, the printing, the... the um, what do you call the coordinating coordination, the orchestration, the administration, all of the marketing, all of that takes a tremendous amount of time, energy and resources. Um, so really there isn't, especially when you have so many artists collaborating and there are a lot of anthologies when it comes to writers like that as mm -hmm. well, where, you know, having the name in the book or having the name in the card deck and the project is itself its own um, like, Business Mark, card. Business card thing. that you've contributed to. So you've contributed to it. It has your name on it. You can say that you're part of a published anthology book or, you know, in this case, a card deck. Um, yeah, so it, it contributes to the artist's marketing, um, but it makes sense that there really wouldn't be the revenue to share other than to the original creators mm -hmm. of it. Mm, yeah. Yeah. So it's a win. I guess in that case, the bottom line is it's a win-win because it's still kind of like yeah. a marketing tool for the artists. It's like a, a marketing tool mm -hmm. for exposure. What other type, do you have any, um, I know you really enjoy doing the coloring books and 
creative journals have you and that you enjoy the uh, product creation aspect do you have plans for other types of products like beyond books or is it mostly the books right now uh, yeah I love I love doing the books uh, but something that I'm uh, that I'm actually I want to do more of is like um, it's kind of like a, something different but I actually really love like pattern designs so I'm kind of like uh, trying to figure out how to create some kind of like patterns that would go like would be from the same world as my paintings. So mm -hmm. it's kind of like maybe some characters. I just really love those kind of like um, just like print designs mm -hmm. or like, uh, for example, like, like those like Victorian wallpaper designs that have like all these characters and everything in them. I just really love that kind of stuff. So. Um, I was thinking more, maybe that, that's something that I could do for maybe like Redbubble or Society6 because they print the products that you could do like bags and um, I have some designs there, but they're just like, I put my painting on a bag. So that's like the first step. But I, what I would like to do is maybe take that a bit further, further to create like more interesting products. So. That's something that I've been thinking about, but that's also like a side project. Yeah. <laughs> I have to get everything, like what I have lined up done before I can do that, but that's something that I'm interested in. Yeah, but it, it makes so much sense that, I mean, that's the thing, and we've talked about this together as well over the years, and that is leverage. You know, the artist that's creating, yeah. you know, whether if, if at, at the present, if you're trading hours for dollars kinds of things um, by commission work, by, you know, um, even the exhibits where you may or may not sell something, you have to also, it really is multiple income streams, but the more mm -hmm. you can create things one time and proliferate that into many different things, many different products and mm -hmm. uh, avenues of um, commerce, then the better for you. So that, and, and it takes time, you know, but I could imagine at some point um, putting those different um, designs like when you get a print design that you want to put onto bags whatever that would be something you could outsource in time to a freelancer who could upload it and put it all and do all the, the machinations needed yeah. to get the listing at the individual stores and what have you one of the things that we haven't um that we're interested in just finding it are really successful etsy sellers and in particular those who've done like so for instance, if you put something on Etsy, it's like anything else. If you put it there and don't do anything marketing it yourself, it just sits there. Right. And so it's like, what kind of marketing is successful on, on, on Etsy? Like what are the successful sellers on Etsy doing to market their store? Do you, have you heard anything on that? Um, well, that's, that's actually something that I should look more into. I have an Etsy shop, but I haven't really, I've done, I've, done like Etsy promotions so you can do like paid promotions on Etsy I did that for my my journal so those led into into some sales so it just uh I think when people search you can put search words in uh, Etsy and then if you pay it kind of like puts your content or your product like um on the first page, like when you search something or something like that. So it would be a lot like an Amazon marketplace, but more for kind of, the yeah. Yeah. type crowd where like a lot of artsy type people would probably use that as like, this is where I do my shopping for things. Yeah. And then they're advertising. Yeah. I would think I, a lot of, um, because a lot of crafty crafts, 
people and crafters and artists put things on they're not mm -hmm. familiar with the advertising concept that if you were to be one of those who would take advantage of that it would help you perhaps leap ahead because yeah. i think it also goes out in their email marketing i've seen like emails where they'll talk you know like have a feature creator or whatever sure. in the emails that go out for etsy and Redbubble as well um, but yeah. like you were saying all that <laughs> takes time it's one more thing yeah. to do so for now side gig but it's always there to you know to uh work a little bit more when it is you have the time or inclination to do it so yeah so shall we go on to pricing yes so um many creatives have uh struggle with pricing their work and figuring out like where do they even start especially new artists and we've had several people in our group recently comment like where do i start i'm new i don't know how to price my work do i price my canvas or whatever work I'm doing by time? Do I price it by material? What, both? Where do I start with that? So knowing that there's a big range of products and types of art and levels of skill in artists in being an artist, where would you recommend, how do you approach pricing and where would you recommend beginners start with pricing? Um, I think uh, yeah, it's kind of a, like personal for every artist, it kind of starts differently depending on maybe like what medium you're working in and or how big, big the art is or, but I think the important thing is to kind of like start uh, as low as possible, but not like you're um, not too low that you, you like, you feel like you're giving away your art. I think that's too low. You still need to get like uh, paid for your work, but especially in the beginning, you kind of have to do more work uh, than you get paid for. Right. So, um, um, I wouldn't, um, are we talking about like original, like selling original art or uh, like doing illustration commissions because that's also a bit different? Right. Um, so we've had several questions. Maybe if we approach it by the type, so. Well, original art. Original and some art. of it's been watercolor and some of it's been oil Acrylic. or acrylics. Right. Some of it even been like um, a, a, mural. a mural. So yeah, it's uh, a range. But I think the majority um, average of most people's interests would be original work of paintings on canvas. Okay. Uh, well, I think I wouldn't price it uh, by by the time it takes you to do the piece because that's that's very hard. So um, what I would do is uh, maybe look at other people online that you feel like are um, kind of at the same stage as you are. If you're just starting, maybe look at other people who are just starting and see like how they price their art. Because especially original art, it kind of like, it sells for like what people want to pay for it. Yeah. That's kind of just how it goes. <laughs> Even though it, it might be like, were so much more but in the beginning it's just like you have to you can't just uh, start with like very high prices because it just doesn't work like that unfortunately yeah but it will uh take some time and you can uh slowly raise your prices 
But I think the most important thing is to be consistent because you can never lower your prices once they're up. So always um, maybe sell it for a little bit lower and then the next piece you'll sell a bit, bit higher and then a bit higher. So because if your prices jump up very fast, you can't take them down, you know? And the reason, so. like, like in most commerce, um, they have sales and things get marked down. So is it different than with art? Um, yeah, I think it's, it's a bit different. I wouldn't sell, like, if you have, like, older, like, I, I've been thinking about, like, my own work. Like, if I have older paintings that haven't sold, I wouldn't, like, sell them at, like, discounted prices or anything. They're just, uh, maybe I uh, just don't sell them or maybe in a future exhibition or someplace, if, if they fit like that, the theme or something, maybe I could take them, but maybe they're like at that stage, they're like so old that they don't really represent me as an artist anymore. So I just, uh, just keep them, that, keep them myself. Ah. So um, yeah, I wouldn't do like discounts and stuff with, especially like if you have like original paintings and, and things. So Interesting. because like, imagine like if, like I actually just I actually recently just bought a, a very small painting from an artist that I love. It was like <laughs> uh, it was actually a birthday present for myself because I yeah I I saw so much original art when I vis visited um, New York and I actually got to visit some friends who are like art collectors. Mm. And they have like so much original beautiful original art in their houses. So I was so inspired. So I just wanted to have something like for myself and I, I, I saw an opportunity to buy a, a small piece from an artist that I really like so uh, imagine like I paid a certain amount for the painting and uh, imagine if I saw like him selling that same size paintings like for half the price like one month later hmm. like I would feel like ripped off because I paid the amount like so just think about like how the person feels like who actually buys your art. So I think that's very important. So you so, can't take, yeah, you can't lower the prices. So I think good. start lower and then slowly build your, build your way up. So because we're talking about things that grow in value and things that can be collector items. So that makes sense yeah. if that would be different than the typical retail kind of product. And we're assuming that as yeah. a your skill level like month on month year on year new canvas is growing and so and building at the same time in which case is so along those lines then your old work in fact as we know from the the great artists of our you know the ages has has grown to become increasingly more valuable you know the more successful uh the artist becomes yeah. the more well known so that makes sense that's cool it's awesome. good to know. So do you have any other things to share that you think that would be helpful for artists? So you said not to, to price by your time. Uh, like some artists say that they do it by size of canvas, like per square inch of canvas. Is that something you've ever done? Yeah, that's kind of like what I do. I, um, I have like a square inch price for my oil paintings. So I kind of like price them by size. So um I think that's a good way. I've heard also, especially for oil paintings, I've heard like if it's, but well, this, this is not maybe for like 
people who are just starting, but I've heard this, like if it's like an eight by 10 painting, uh, just put like a, a zero at the end of the larger, larger number. So that would be like a thousand mm-hmm. for an eight by 10. So that's, that's what I've heard so, from some artists. And also, um, yeah, the medium also affects the, the price of the work. So for example, I, I also work in ink and graphite. So I have like a lower square inch price for the drawings than I do for my old paintings because I work on a drawing for maybe like a week and for, you know, for an oil painting, also the supplies cost a lot more <laughs> for oil paintings and framing and everything. So, and the time, so. And what about with commissions? Like, uh, and let's just, for simplicity, maybe stick with like canvas commissioning, uh, mm-hmm. commissioned work by canvas. Is that a different, do you structure and price that differently? I would suppose yes. Uh, not really. I actually price it the same if I did like a, a painting for a gallery. If someone wants to commission like a, the same size, that's the same price. So I don't. I don't have any difference between those. Got it. So, okay, yeah, I would have guessed that you would have charged more for commission work since you're doing custom as opposed to something that you originated and wanted to get out there, but that's not the case? No, it's, uh, what I try to do with commissions is um, uh, to have someone commission me for a painting that I would do anyway. Mm. So that's the ideal situation. It's not always like that. I do. I do uh, commissions that I like, I like working on them, but maybe they're not exactly like my brand. So I don't share them anywhere. I just do do them for the client. So just, uh, yeah. So I know that we're keeping you um, beyond, well beyond the hour and appreciate your sharing your time. I do want to ask you, like, I know you've done uh, at least a little bit of commission work where you have sort of put the, um, the customer's face or um, character persona. Not, persona into some of the kind of art that you do. Um, so like, for instance, you know, the beautiful lady that you have with the, of many of them, but <laughs> with the glowing light around them and, you know, some of the paintings you have, I could imagine someone asking you and commissioning to, that they would like to commission you to create something like that for their loved one, you know, like maybe a husband for his wife or a fa- parents for their, their daughter, you know, to put her face in that likeness. Have you had any of those kinds of requests? Uh, yeah, those are actually some of the commissions that I do are like that. They're kind of like fantasy portrait style. So yeah, cool. yeah, yeah, very nice. Because then, like you say, that keeps it in your genre, and yeah. you just have to yeah. give face the nuance and the characteristic of that person. So, which I would yeah. think would be kind of fun then to do. Yeah. 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 Well, do you have any other advice for uh, artists, uh, whether they're starting out or thinking about starting as a professional and or that they're already, you know, well into it? Because, as you know, working around uh, associating with other artists, we learn from each other. So really appreciate all that you've already shared. Yes. And if you have anything else to say before we let you go. Oh, uh, I think it's just uh, <laughs> trying to enjoy what you're doing. I think like especially when you try to do it as a, as a career, you kind of, um, you, you can lose joy at some points. So just uh, try, because I think that the, if you, especially if you're an artist, the art is the most important thing. So I think um, the joy has to like 
has to be seen in the art that you're making otherwise like what's the point yeah. <laughs> of even doing it so yeah so like i don't know if I, if i gave very good advice about the pricing but i think just uh, uh if you keep doing it if you really love it i don't of course you have to get paid for your work but especially if you're starting if you just love doing it like not getting paid as much as you deserve it at the beginning i think will pay off if you just keep doing it because your brand will grow and uh, you will get paid more and it just it just grows all the time so just uh, so if you just love what you're doing it can <laughs> you can, it, it gets you through the the hard parts of the especially the beginning and everything that comes with just working by yourself all the time so just yeah. uh, focus on the art i think that, that makes a lot of sense and yeah. I, one of the ways that artists can look at that it is, if it is that you're selling something for low, lower than you think it, it's worth or that you deserve for your efforts is basically the the difference in between is just marketing cost you know because yeah. like you said you're getting the word out you're selling something and those people are going to tell somebody else about it um that can mm -hmm. and show somebody else about it that can and it's lead. like the self-education tuition yeah you're still getting paid yeah you're still right. getting paid even if it's in the beginning it's not necessarily what you would like to see like you're still learning and that experience is worth a lot yeah you mentioned two things on your last comment that i would like to say two more things or ask two more things about if you have about three more minutes yeah, sure. Okay, okay, good. Um, so you mentioned sometimes you have to remember to find the joy and to, and we, funny, we're running a 30 day creators challenge mm -hmm. and our prompt today was about uh, creating joy, basically. So, you know, if, if you can't find the joy to create it, so what do you do to create the joy and find the joy when it is that you're not feeling joyful because of the crunch uh, and the pressure of having to create? Mm. Well, I think one of the most important things, uh, especially what I learned last year when I was working so hard for the for the exhibition and everything, is just even though we have so much to do, it's very important to um, like have time off as well. Yes. Like maybe just if you can like take one day off and go do something that you enjoy, like other otherwise than art. <laughs> yes. Maybe uh, like what I like to do, I go to an art gallery. To see other people's paintings or a museum or, or just a cafe or something like that so yeah. that helps or a walk outside helps a lot so yeah totally. very important so yeah, yeah. you're gonna say that in fact you might hop over to england <laughs> yeah <laughs> we've yeah. seen you you know making a comment i'm in england now <laughs> yeah yeah i was uh I just uh a few weeks ago it's my favorite city. London is my favorite city. So yeah. I, have, I have a friend who lives there and I, I actually had a little, it was just a small like art ex exhibition. It was um, through a website called Hire an Illustrator that I'm a part of. Nice. They had they had a Jules Verne themed art show. And I did, yeah, I did like just a small drawing for, for the art show. So I didn't send any original work. It was just a print of my drawing. So they had it displayed. <laughs> in a gallery there. So I was kind of like going there for that, but also just to see my friend, so. Wonderful, That's wonderful. Fun. Yeah. And then the last question, um, we 
talked with you about this like um, a year or so ago, and I meant to follow up and see where you were with that, and that is teaching. Um, there's so much you know, and I think at the time we were talking with you about it, you weren't sure if it's something you would enjoy, though you did enjoy when it is you had taught, like you taught, for instance, uh, a, work, a workshop at a convention. Um, so have you thought any more about whether you have any interest in teaching? Um. Well, I haven't really had time in the in the past year yeah. to yeah. really think about that. Maybe um, I did enjoy. I did like a workshop person in person at a convention. That was a lot of fun. But I'm not really like a teacher personality. So something that I I could do is like do maybe some like online tutorials or something. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. That's actually something that I'm thinking about maybe doing for like Patreon or stuff. I could do yeah. like Patreon. I've seen other artists do like Patreon exclusive yeah. tutorials and stuff. So maybe for that, it would be good. Definitely. I would think so. And I agree with you when I, and I should have clarified, I didn't mean so much like classroom in front. Yeah. Of thing, but, you know, you introduced us to Paivi Erola, who we have interviewed before as well. And she does very well with her online courses. Um, and length lengthy blog posts and newsletters about technique and stuff right her yeah. blog is just like it, it's cool because she comes from like this engineering background and now she has this fantastic artist and then her blog posts are just super in-depth yes <laughs> yes and so so one of the things that you know we've actually written about recently is that um sometimes people will pay you more for your, your knowledge than for your art <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know yeah. essentially and so it's sort of like well it, you, so if you're going to do something and test it on Patreon, you might ask, again, poll your audience mm -hmm. there as well as on your Facebook, like, what would you like to learn? You know, the things that you yeah. see me do, what, is there anything that you would like to learn? Yeah. And you could start there and find out, you know, make a list of the, the most common responses. Because that's one thing that, that's why we um, started doing and continuing doing the art and creator challenges in I Create Daily. Um, because what we realized is um, creators just want to do more of their work. Yeah. They want to do more of their own art. They want to learn more how to do more of what they like to do and what they want to learn to do. And who better to learn from than someone who's so good at it and doing it as opposed to just in a classroom, not to say that obviously the classroom teachers are also knowledgeable. Um, but again, this allows people to find the artists that they like, whose work they like, and to learn directly from them, you know, like the olden uh, days of apprenticeships, um, you know, that kind of thing. So yeah, definitely something to consider that could definitely be more lucrative um, and fill in the gaps, in, in, especially when you're not so crazy busy as you have been over the past year. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for yes. sharing this time with, with us, Ava, and all of your experience and all that you've done. We look forward to sharing it with our audience and also keeping track of all that you're doing next. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was so much fun. Okay, and let us know when your book is out, and we'll definitely hear that as well. Yeah. Definitely. All right, bye. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for joining us for the I Create Daily podcast. Please let us know what creatives you would like us to interview and what topics you would be interested in hearing more about. And if you enjoyed this show, please leave a review on iTunes. We value your feedback. We read all the reviews and it just helps us get the word out on the I Create Daily podcast. Thank you so much. Thanks so much.